recorded live. Good morning, everyone. It's April 9th, 2015, and I'm going to be your host today, Roberta Holodic, along with Stephen Lewis, and we're going to talk about the new frequencies, and then we'll chat a little bit with Stephen before the call is over. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? I am fine. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm just going to give us the... Um, a little bit of a disclosure about the frequencies before we start here. Right. Uh, we just want to remind our listeners that AIM Energetic Balancing is not healthcare or medicine. It does not diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure disease. EMC Squared Spiritual Technology assists you 24-7 in healing yourself by removing your energetic imbalances. When discussing imbalances that have names that are similar or the same to the name of diseases, we are talking about energetic imbalances only and not about actual diseases. Energetic imbalances are vibrations in consciousness on the spiritual plane. Now that we have that out of the way, Steve, we have, uh, I think we stopped at um, the last frequency was 8562. And so we've got five new ones that we've added since April 2nd. So the first one I think we have is 8513. Let's see. Um, I am looking here. 8513 would mean there are five left. You got that right. Okay. So. And hopefully we don't have any new ones this morning that I don't know about. No, right? no, I haven't done a damn thing this morning. Okay. And even okay. drink coffee. Okay. Uh, Sounds good. That's about it. All so, right. uh, of course, uh, for those who, anyone listening on the East Coast, you must wonder, I'm on the West Coast, and it's just 9 o'clock. And so I had a morning off so far. Anyway, 8513 is Rickettsial. And, by the way, everything else we have this morning is Rickettsial. Everything came from a bug. I guess you don't want me to start talking about how I feel about bugs. You've all heard it, I'm sure. No, because we already right. know that. However, to paraphrase somebody, the only good bug is a dead bug. That's <laughs> that's exactly how I feel about it, right? I know. I don't, uh, it's bugs. I don't like butterflies. I don't like bumblebees. All right. I don't like bugs. <laughs> I like butterflies. And if anybody out there knew... What people get from bugs, they wouldn't like them either. Okay? So, that being said, 8513, Mm Rickettsial, hit very, very hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I know of about three or four people who had it, and they complained about a number of things. Um, Almost everyone complained about intestinal problems, um, cramping, or problems with their bowels, or just, just uh, you know, they felt lousy. Okay. And it was most like lupus, and that's why. Mm-hmm. Lupus uh, is not a friendly imbalance. And also, it was like Mycobacterium ulcerans, which, as everyone who does listen knows, is basically a form of t- very, very, very virulent form of TB. Uh, it's in the lungs, and uh, it used to be called galloping consumption back in the day. So, that's 85.13. There is something good about 85.13, though. Uh-huh. It's, it's gone. gone. <laughs> that's what's good about it. It's gone. All right. 
right. Sounds so, good. Which brings us to 8523, a very single specific imbalance. It's Rickettsio, what I said they all are, but I'll say it again. I'm a bug. I've already spoken about bugs. Mm-hmm. And 8523 is similar in its manifestation to cystic fibrosis. I know several people who had this, and they definitely had trouble breathing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Once again, there is something good to say about it. It is... Well, by this morning, is it gone from anyone on AIM? Yes. It's gone. Oh, good. So that's the good news about it. It is indeed history. It's gone. Unless, of course, uh, it shouldn't be gone in you yet because you just got on AIM yesterday morning or something. Right. Or you, uh, or, or you have something like parasites that makes you heal very, very slowly. You right. still heal. Right. But very slowly. That's why I'm looking at people with parasites, and let's say someone starts with a life force of 0.3 on a scale of 100. If you don't have parasites within six, eight, nine months, you're certainly at 100. Mm-hmm. If you have parasites, maybe your life force is at 60 or 65 or something of that sort. So it isn't, you know, what it should be, what it sure is moving upward. Right. Um, but it's a battle, parasites. So, but that has nothing to do with this, does it? No. So that's 8523. Mm-hmm. Once again, the good news is it's history. Good. Okay. We're moving through these pretty fast. Um, most of them. There were a couple of exceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back, we go back a week ago, and we went back and do 8552. Mm-hmm. That was a fungus. That took just about a week. Yeah. But um, don't those I, fungus, they usually take a little bit longer, don't they? They usually do. I mean, everything about a fungus is slow. Right. They grow slowly, and they heal slowly. And, you know, it's just like a kind of rot. Mm. And that's what it is. Oh, gosh. What did you think it was? No, I kind of knew that from school. I remember going through the different things. So I kind of understood that. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, that is 8523. Once again, is it gone in anyone on AIM in whom it should be gone? Yes. Okay. Good. Cool. Which brings us to 8533. Mm-hmm. 8533, once again, is Rickettsio. Mm-hmm. It is not gone yet in people on AIM. Because it was put on AIM um, late in the day on Monday. Mm-hmm. All right? right? And it's now Thursday. Will it be gone in everyone on AIM by the end of today? Yes. Is it gone yet? No. So if this call were an afternoon call, I would say it's gone. 
Perfect. But at 8 in the afternoon, calls for any call, but it's getting awfully close. Perfect. And what is 8533 similar to? The answer? Polio. Polio. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, as someone we know well once said, it causes happy feet. Yes. Okay? And that is the argument against happiness, as far as <laughs> I can see. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really consider it as happy, but okay. <laughs> no, well, this particular guy once said he makes his, at night when he goes, lies down in bed, his feet want to dance. Yeah. And uh, that dancing he's talking about, of course, is the muscle spasms in his calves mm-hmm. make his feet move. Yeah. And It's very uncomfortable. Right. I never thought it as happy whatsoever. No. I never did anybody curse at it. Just his description of it, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess he's just a guy trying to be positive. It's cool. <laughs> so, um, that will be gone in him, by the way. That one particular guy, he had this, and it's already gone in him okay. because he's someone I know. And I check the people I know personally, and I found this. Well, no, I mean, I think it's gone. If not, it's gone by the end of the day. No point anymore. It's, it's hereditary stuff. He's had it his whole life. Mm-hmm. Why worry about whether he has an extra couple hours or not? Sure. It does not matter. Yeah. And so, as we say goodbye to 8533, we wave goodbye. That brings us to 8543. 8543 is not yet gone, period. Um, well, that one we just added yesterday, too. We added it yesterday, oh. um, and it's similar to three imbalances. First of all, it's similar to an imbalance I have not seen. Whenever I say, well, what's this similar to? It could be similar to polio. It could be similar to bacillus and BC bovis. It could be similar TB could be similar to different types of cancer, but this one is most similar to a disease called Rhodococcus equi. Equi means horses, mm-hmm. as an equine. Right. Now, so it's a disease that horses get, but I looked it up and it said people get it too. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. But again, this is hereditary. And so it's similar to that. I didn't know, don't know much about it. I looked it up. And it's primarily respiratory when you catch it. I can't look up about what it is hereditarily because medically they don't know about hereditary diseases, basically. Right. Uh, they know about a couple of them. They know cancer runs in families. They understand diabetes sort of runs in families. Type 1 diabetes they know runs in families. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Many diseases run in families, but they can't find that. That technology exists energetically, but not in a manifest medical sense. Right. So it was the way if we'd look it up, and it's, I did, it is respiratory. It's in the skin, too. Okay. Without a doubt, it is in the skin. So if you have this, it's respiratory, but it's in the skin also. It also... 8543 is in the bladder because it's similar to tularemia. Mm-hmm. 
And tularemia is a bladder imbalance characterized by um, urinary frequency and urinary urgency. Very, very simple. They're very strong. Right. Also characterized by stiffness in the in the back. Because if you look at an acupuncture chart, see the bladder meridian. Mm-hmm. It goes up the legs, up the back, to the back of the neck, and um, and that's where it is primarily. And so your whole back is kind of stiff and tight. And you couple that with the fact that you can't pee, you are not exactly what I would call loose and easygoing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I guess that's why the emotional component is discontentment. Well, it would make me discontented. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, but to make it even worse, there's a third component it's similar to. Mm-hmm. And that is what I call B&B. B&B is Babesia bovis and Bacillus cirrus. Right. Um, Babesia bovis... Um, is in one hip joint, usually one. I've seen it in both, but usually it's in one hip joint. And uh, Bacillus cirrus, and they always seem to come together, almost always, is in the spine, primarily the low back. Mm -hmm. Of course, if something's in the spine, it's it's most likely going to be in the low back because that's where all the stress is. Right. When you are carrying weight, the weight of yourself, your body, um, the part of your spine obviously carrying the most weight is your lower back. Mm-hmm. Okay? True. Um, but, you know, if, if it's up on your neck, what you're doing is carrying the weight of your head. And for some people, that's no weight at all. <laughs> Hopefully nobody that's on this call, right? So... Uh, but so that's the th- three things: mm-hmm. Rhodococcus equitularia and Bacillus uh, cirrhosis bovis. And then we've got and, the last one, which is well, eighty-five. And that different. one is not gone yet. Right. Well, that one wouldn't be because. Well, I guess it could be, but we just found that one yesterday as well. Well, well it'll certainly be gone during the course of the weekend, though. Okay. And without a doubt, and mm-hmm. that's true for the next one also, mm-hmm. which is the last one we found. And that is uh, 8553. Mm-hmm. 8553, once again, Riccatio, everything comes from bugs. Mm-hmm. And it's similar to three imbalances also. Now, it gets a little more interesting here in a way. It's, first of all, similar to Twee. Mm-hmm. Twee is a name I've made up because it's T is trypnematosis which is syphilis, non-venereal syphilis, endemic syphilis. And that is in the medical books, folks. You can look it up yourself. Uh, And it has every attribute of syphilis. Uh, It looks like syphilis, but they say it is not uh, a venereal disease, not an FDD. Mm -hmm. So... But it's there. Now, there are many diseases that are in that disease classification that are um, spirochetes. And this is one. This one is similar to syphilis. That's the T. There's also W-E-E. And that is Western Equine Encephalitis. 
Put them together, they spell twee. Absolutely. Okay? Sound of a fun-sounding name, but it ain't a fun thing. Mm-mm. And it's hard to say what twee is like. <laughs> Hold on, let me get a sip of coffee here. The reason to shut up. Well... <laughs> Yeah, it's not a fun one because it usually, for me anyway, it gives me headaches. Well, that's the W-E-E. When you have Western equine encephalitis, uh, and that's what it is, mm-hmm. and whether it's hereditary or acquired, either way, you will get headaches. Yeah. You're certainly going to get a stiff neck. Yeah, for sure. Always. And, you know, I've had it a number of times. I've had this as a hereditary imbalance, and I've had it as an acquired imbalance mm-hmm. from an insect bite. And uh, your neck gets very, very stiff. Uh, it goes up on one side of the neck from that bone on the back of your skull, the back of the occiput, uh, and just right down into the shoulder and kind of into the chest. That bone really gets stiff. That muscle gets stiff. The muscle being, of course, the SCM, sternocleidomastoideus muscle. But it's the muscle on the side of the neck is all you need to know. Yeah. And so that's the we, the T. The problem with T is it's like syphilis. Mm-hmm. Where is syphilis? It is where it is. The point being, it, it is, it, you know, it may be here and you... Uh, over there and someone else, and then it is where it is. I mean, the, the we, the Western equine encephalitis, is in your neck and your head and your skull. But trypanematosis, like syphilis, it is where it is. And just like syphilis, it may manifest in any one of a number of ways. Right. If it's similar to lymphatic syphilis, your glands are going to be swollen. If it's similar to secondary syphilis, you're going to have a red, itchy rash. And if it's similar to genital syphilis, you're going to have a problem um, in your, uh, well, in your lower back, in your legs. You have a problem walking. That's in the nerves mostly. I mean, it's common. You're, you get numbness in the feet, etc. If it's in the, uh, if it's oral syphilis, it's similar to. Your glands will all swell in your throat, and et cetera, and on and on. It is where it is. Right. And what's so, interesting is when we talk about these and you say that um, they're in particular areas of the body, they can be just about anywhere in any one of us, but the areas that you found, or say you checked um, yourself, for instance, and you found... Um, 8553. I'm just going to use one as an example. And you tell us that they're in these different parts of the body. That could be where it is in you, but it could be anywhere in anyone else, correct? If it's hereditary. Right. Because there's a whole different set of rules in where it is. When you have something and you acquire it at the moment of conception, Mm -hmm. when you are, whatever you are, is not something I would call a body. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're a little lump of something or not, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rules as to where it can go change dramatically. Sure. 
because sometimes we get questions. I know in the office here we get questions through the info box, and somebody will say, you know, that they had a particular frequency when they had a recheck done and they got their information back and they said, but, you know, it says it's in my lungs, but I really have problem in my back or something like that. And so when we respond to them, it's just kind of nice for um, the listening audience to know that just because we found it in the person that we found it in in that particular area, it doesn't mean that in them it couldn't be in, you know, their right arm or you know, give them headaches where maybe it well, was. Well, once again, get back to what I said. Mm-hmm. When you acquire an imbalance actively, right. not hereditarily, but actively, right. you are fully formed. And if a disease has a tendency to go to a given place, mm-hmm. that's where you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. But when you acquire it hereditarily, what are you? I don't know. There's a lot of arguments about that. You know, you're an idea in in the mind of whatever the mind of God is, you are you are whatever. I mean, right. no one can say what you really are. Exactly. They can speak about the cells, but they haven't even done anything yet. Mm-hmm. There is some little bit of magic happening, and and then you get something that is nonetheless magical, doesn't seem to be very magical, mm-hmm. and that's called you and me. Mm-hmm. So it, the rules are totally different for whatever's hereditary. Mm-hmm. But it sure is interesting, too, with the um, the emotional components, because I always look at the emotional components almost first, because it seems like when, in myself, when I'm not feeling good or I'm uh, hereditary is coming to fruition in me or I'm it's coming up to the level that I'm now going to start feeling it, I almost feel the emotional component first. Well, if uh, I there's look a lot back of debate myself, about that too, Roberta. Uh, there's, you know, there, there's a positive and negative theory about that. <laughs> uh, most women are Uh-oh. will feel something emotionally mm-hmm. um, before they feel it in any other way. And I mean, I know about how you respond to things because you and I lived together. Yes, we did in the past, and so I know. And very simply. Aside from all the brickbacks, bats we can throw, you respond like a woman and I respond like a man. Right. And you do respond emotionally. Right. Now, why is that? I don't know. One of the theories is men uh, are trained to hide their emotions. They don't let them go freely. Mm-hmm. And the opposite side of that coin is women just blubber out all over the place no matter what. But what is also interesting is I've had some men that are on AIM tell me this, that they've become more sensitive and they're, <laughs> than they were before they were on AIM. Sensitive? Yes. They and become saying, more feminine, that's all. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get every male's going to say, forget this. No. He was, this particular person that I was speaking to on the phone the other day has been on AIM for quite a long time and with us for longer than I've been around. So um, he was an old patient um, when Stephen was into practice. And then when um, I came on the scene, he was new to me, but he's been on, he was there before I was, we'll just say that. And he was telling me that he's way more sensitive than he can remember being. 
and I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. And he said it was a good a good thing. It's not like he's a a baby or you know anything like that or those kind of words that people use. But um, he just said he's more sensitive to how his body responds to things as before he can look back when he was maybe, you know, in college or whatever and, you know, he wasn't as sensitive to what was going on in his system. And he can really tell now what's going on. And he attributes that to AIM because he is more hypersensitive maybe, Um I don't know, but he said it's really interesting, and he's been really reflecting a lot on his progress on AIM, and he thinks it's unbelievable. He um, recently wrote us a testimonial, which um, we're going to be putting up on the website, and he'd like to come on the call sometime and talk to you. And I know you know who I'm talking about. Actually, I don't. What's his first name? Richard. I know who you're talking about. Okay. And he has been on AIM or with his family. He Just to give the listening audience a little background on him, he's been around since probably, well, I came on in 87, so probably 85, I'm not sure. And his kids are now, they were babies at the time, of course, and now they're grown and they're married and they're doing their thing, and they've all come on as a family plan. And um, their wives are on, and it's really interesting in how he talks about AIM, and his um, testimonial is really, really cool. And he talks about how under his, he's under a high level of stress with his own business, and the changes in the economy hit him like they did everyone, and he's coming out of that, and all the things that he's doing, but he attributes his health and his well-being and his spiritual consciousness and all these other things that he talks about to aim. And he says it's like he just touts it to everybody. He doesn't think anybody should be on it. So he's like one of our best poster children. Well, the reality is this. You and I agree with him. And anyone who doesn't go on it, or has been, and then gets off, and then they don't go back on. They don't get it, and it's that simple. And but but there's something. There's a side of that that I think is important for everyone to realize that not everyone is really meant to be ordained. Everyone would benefit from it, but that benefit is something that is. I mean, I've thought about this a great deal, Roberta. Mm-hmm. I people have to have lifespans begin and end, mm-hmm. and let's say they all do, and we all do, not just today. But to extend that lifespan dramatically, if that is a possibility, would not do wonders for the world. The world is a problem as it is now, with radical, gross overpopulation. Right. The world but- cannot feed the world. But I kind of, I don't know if you agree with this, but I sort of do. It kind of gives me a way of uh, of looking at the, the circle of life, so to speak. Is I kind of think we're all here for a period of time. And for the time that we're here, whatever we do to make that time the best to our, our benefit, making us the most um, productive and all that, make us the best life that we can, to be on AIM or whatever we are doing. But I don't see it as some people say, well, he died, but he was on AIM. Why? And I have to remind them 
and I say aim number one isn't the end-all, be-all. It's a really great thing, and it's probably 99% what you should be on or whatever. I don't even know if I should use a number. But anyway, I believe in it wholeheartedly because, of course, this is what I do, and I wouldn't not be on it. But I do know that we all have a time period or I feel anyway, that we have a time period that we're on this planet. And whatever that time frame is, no matter what we do, that time is going to come up. Well, I don't think think I disagree with you, no. I don't think we have any idea what it's going to be like without hereditary diseases. Now, that's true for you and for me, but to what extent is it true for, like, Richard's kids or all these little kids who are born with zero hereditary imbalances or just one or two and then they're gone by the time they're a year old and they live their lives without having, look, it's like an Iron Maiden, you know? It's like it doesn't yield. It shapes you and and bends you and you must conform to those pressures and they're real. What are we like without these limiting walls? What are we like without this rigid infrastructure and superstructure that to which we must bend. Well, when you talk How, about what do we like in terms of our, our longevity, what do we like in terms of our well-being? Yeah. I don't know, and you don't know, and nobody knows because there ain't no record of it that you can look up. Right. We are the reference book right now, and our book is not anything finished and published you can take out of the library and read. Right. So we don't know, and I'm really curious, and I think that that's the most amazing thing of all. I think that, and I've come to terms with this, because I would simply say without a doubt, I definitely work in this. Right. <laughs> that most people aren't going to get AIM. For whatever the reason may be, they're not going to get it. Most people will not. Okay. And I think that's probably a good thing for the planet. Uh, And I justify very weakly what I do by saying, look, if there's seven point something billion people on the planet, and out of that seven point billion, a lousy million or so don't subscribe to it, adhere to those rules, so what? That's nothing to drop in the bucket. It's a lot of people, a million people, but it's not a lot of people next to seven billion. Right. And that's how I justify it, and uh, and that's it. And uh, and if I'm totally right and you think there's a complaint, I would like you to wait another, say, 150 years and then come to me and address that complaint. All right, I will. <laughs> I so we get, always them off. When we get back to when we're talking about the the parents, remember when we were back in practice and the parents would come on and they would say they want to clean up before they had kids, and I always thought that was so interesting. And we followed, particularly my sister and her husband. I'll use them because they're one that I can talk about, and they don't care if I talk about them, and I have an okay to talk about them. But they went through the whole process when we were in practice to clean up, so to speak, before they had children. And when my niece was born, if you remember that, 19 years ago, she was born with no hereditary 
frequencies, you know, hereditary imbalances. That we knew of. That we knew of, correct. And then when my nephew was born um, 15 years ago, he was born with one hereditary hereditary imbalance that we knew of at that time. And I've talked to also some other friends of ours, um, Stuart for one, about his kids, and we kind of um, agreed and we kind of saw similarities with these kids that they are more focused and they seem to be more driven, sort of, and they're really doing well in school, like really well. His kids, too. And we were talking about that a couple months ago. And They're also far more capable physically. They're, yes. very, they're much better athletically, as a matter of fact. Yes, and they're, they're really... They're really outstanding kids, if I can, you know, brag about them or whatever. But it's really interesting to see that these kids that have been on AIM without that hereditary baggage that we had, um, to see how they can just excel. And it's like they don't see, they're not um, insecure, and they don't see anything in their way. Well, there is, yeah, I, I understand. I'll tell you what's interesting about all this to me. We've been looking and, uh, at and listening to information about the medical paradigm. And very frankly, people's lifespans have increased. Now, a huge amount of that increase is because of the infant mortality rate going way, 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 way down. Right. Uh, back in the, when you call old days, when, old days when I, was, when I was born, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. At the old days, if it, an infant had something wrong, he probably wouldn't make it. That's all there was to it. Well, yeah, with technology now, they and can now do so much. they will try and keep anyone alive, for better or for worse. Because when you keep people alive and they reproduce, then you're getting more imbalances in the population. The population then becomes weaker. Right. Somewhat more unhealthy. But again, the AIM program changes that. So where does it all end? Now, um, I watch us having this increased lifespan. Mm-hmm. And it's now a little more than, it's more than the three score and ten. It was when we first learned about all this. Mm-hmm. But I believe that in 2015, we'll begin to see a decreased lifespan dramatically. In 2015, which is very close, it's like now. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what's going to happen commencing by the summer fall. Uh, That's what my work shows me. Uh, And I think that that's consistent in a way. I mean, yeah, there are too many people on the planet. And uh, a lot of things have happened. And... This is what's going on, and there is a reality. Mm-hmm. When I started doing this stuff, the average life force was high. I mean, you know, it was from 70 up to 99. Mm-hmm. The average kid born now has a life force way, way down. And it doesn't take more than a couple of years for his life force to go down to single digits right away. Right. When I started this work, no one other than somebody 
looking at a uh, a fatal, basically fatal disease had a life force in single digits. Now that's the rule, not the exception. Right. And yeah. these things are not free. Uh, if someone wants to say it doesn't matter, okay, you can say whatever you want, but then so can I. Uh-huh. Now, I am telling you that I have no evidence to back this up because there's no possible evidence yet. It's what I believe. And you feel totally free to not agree with me because mm-hmm. I'm allowed to have an opinion. I'm not allowed to do certain things, but I can have an opinion. But And this is what and why, and that's, that's what I'm trying to to convey here. I think that uh, a lot is happening, and the question becomes, in my mind, not when is it happening, but when is it perceived as picked up by the radar of the public? And what I'm trying to tell you is I believe the radar of the public will pick it up this year. Hmm. And that makes a change, doesn't it? Yeah. Because it's not, again, I'm going to say it again, the risk of being redundant, it's not when is it happening, but when is it perceived as happening. Mm-hmm. Sure. That makes a difference. So, and that's what I think we're racing against right here. And that's part of the reason why I'm struggling as quickly as I can to get every hereditary disease found and dealt with in that we have the frequencies that help people heal whatever they have hereditarily. Uh-huh. And I think that uh, what you and I do, Roberta, our work, and the work people who work with AIM, will change in some unpredictable way sometime toward the end of the year because the public's perception of all this will change. Now, what will happen... I, you know, I don't know, but it's going to change. I believe that. And uh, it's not going to, you know, I don't think it's going to hurt us. Right. That's what I think. But, uh, you know, it gets back down to the old Chinese curse, you know, where they say, when they curse you, they say, may you live in interesting times. And if you're not Chinese and someone says to you, you go, oh, thank you. And if you're Chinese, someone says it to you, you curse them back. So there you have it. So, and that reminds me, you know, when you and I spoke with this thing, okay, Judy had a little accident last night, and so she can't be the moderator today. It'll be you and me. Yep. Okay, and you wanted to end it quickly because... Uh, you're busy, and uh, and here it is. I've hardly said a word in the look what time it is. <laughs> no, we didn't want to end early. We didn't want to do that. But just so everyone knows, Judy is fine. She she's fine. She'll be back soon. I hope. <laughs> I'm still oh, here. I'm just not talking a lot. Yeah, there she is. See, she's alive and well, and she's doing well. She's just a little under the weather today, so, but she'll be back. And um, I'm just going to throw in that it's nice, nice knowing that I have company and setting up Stephen for his comments. So, whatever the weather is, she's under it. 
right? What? What? <laughs> Whatever the weather is, you're under it. There you go. It's safe. Yeah. So, and that but was I had nice some chuckles we, listening to you guys, so thank you for that. Well, good. I'm glad we could give someone some chuckles out there. We already got a comment, so about my comment about men being more sensitive, and I wasn't talking about blubbering men. I was talking about them being more spiritually in tune and more intuitive and more in tune with their body and what is right and what is wrong with their systems and how they work because most women are more in tune with how we, not how we feel emotionally, but how we feel feel physically and being able to address those issues and this person is um is very spiritually grounded and he is very in tune with his system so that's what i was getting at because i got a comment about that so i just thought i would well, address that. the question is this if you have to sit down to urinate how spiritual can you be Stephen, that is not something <laughs> for a public call. Excuse, let's strike I'm that. I'm allowed to speak about urination. Let's strike that from now, 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 now. I didn't, I didn't say it. Yes. I didn't say it. you got to you got to Someone did, but it wasn't me. We need a clean call here. Clean? Yes. I say it wasn't clean. Well, we don't need comments like that. I'll just say that. How's Why that? not? Well, let's get on to something else. Like, how about if we have a beautiful Thursday, and it's actually our Friday because we were <laughs> we are off tomorrow. So, um, and, and now, folks, the Ormolons and I no longer live together. <sighs> it was tough, ladies. It was tough. From either a nutshell or a nutcase, or both. You decide which is which. Uh, no comment. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Well, it was great talking to you this it morning. And I'll talk to you again today, I'm sure. I'm and sure thank you, will. you Thank you for all the setups. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> You're so very welcome. And I thank you, everyone, that. for listening. I hope you got a little chuckle out of this. So, um, But everyone, have a great Thursday, and we'll see you next Thursday on Talk Show. Good night, Bye, everyone. Everybody. Or good day, everyone. Bye-bye.